Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. and welcome to the Aloha Friday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran along with Tanner Hayworth. And between us, we'll try and bring you the complete world of sports, pros, colleges, high schools, other sporting events taking place here with guests and giveaways and, of course, your phone calls. 808-296-1420 is the number. I wanted to just mention, and I, the, the guy who said last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, that the men's basketball team at UH was junk, I think he needs to revisit that because this team has caught fire. And they, they beat Cal Poly last night. Now, granted, Cal Poly's has his winless. But they beat him by 10 two weeks ago. And last night at Cal Poly, which is the middle of nowhere, they beat them 80 to 51. I mean, that was a, it was the biggest blowout in the, in the Big West Conference yesterday. And that is saying something. Now, if they could do that again on Saturday, uh, get another win against Santa Barbara, who's a perennial nemesis, it would really be doing something. But they are they're playing Iran Gannat basketball. They're sharing it. They're aggressive in playing good defense. They're hitting the backboards, and they're running the court. I mean, I, I don't know if you could ask for a whole lot more in terms of improvement. And I think that the injuries that they've had to Javon McClanahan and Morsec have probably made some of the difference. We are going to go uh, to our first guest very soon this morning because it's a new UH football coach and they are practicing. So we'll uh, when as soon as uh, Tanner has Anthony Arsenault on the line, we're going to talk to him. He is the newest running backs coach at the UH. And, of course, you probably uh, might be more familiar with his brother Darnell. They both were very good players at St. Louis. But, I mean, prominent names, football family names in the state of Hawaii, no question. Let's welcome our, our guest, Anthony Arsenault. Anthony, how are you? Hello. Hey, Anthony. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bobby. How you doing, man? I, I I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you because it's um, you are a family name in football. Your brother Darnell. I remember doing a banquet with him for a youth football group uh, a while back. That, that was a, a ways back. He's gone on to athletic directorship. You are back here coaching. I'm just curious how it's going so far. It's going awesome, man. It's uh, it's a blessing to be back home. It's a blessing to be a part of this program and uh, you know help uh, try to get this uh, Hawaii football program going where uh, where Timmy sees it to be. Well, and I, I kind of think with all the changes that have been made, I think you guys are on your way. It sounds like there's uh, there's an influx of talent. There's certainly a buy-in on the part of players. I, I think those are two of the necessary ingredients. Yeah, you're 100% correct, man. And uh, once you step on uh, campus here, you have that uh, you have that feeling. Um, you feel the energy of the players and the coaches. You know that there's a 
there's a high level of uh, expectation to um, to do better each and every day, which is going to lead into, you know, in my opinion, years and years of success. Well, what is the challenge of of being a running backs coach? Because there's some talented guys here, and um, I, it seems to me, Tylen Hines never really got off the dime last year, and I don't know if it was the injury-related, uh, if it was the weight of expectations, but there's other guys too. And uh, uh, one of the guys that stands out to me is Landon Sims because he's uh, he reminds me a little bit of his father. He's, he's, probably, uh, he's probably a little shiftier than his dad. But uh, yeah. but his dad was pretty. His dad was straight ahead, fast man. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. And uh, this room is this room is deep. You know, I've uh, I've inherited a a really um a really talented room. Um, not just you know good football players, but good people. You know, and I think that's what makes you know the uh, the potential for success in the in the running back room really high is because these guys all kind of have that iron sharpens iron mentality. They're trying to push each other. You know, you've got guys that stepped up last year when the injuries happened. You know, with uh, with Thailand, it was, you know, predominantly injury-based, why his actual usage was as low as it was. But you have guys like Landon Sims and uh, David Cordero step right in there and, and uh, fill the void. Well, and that seems like, you know, did you add any new guys that were not here last year? Yeah, we did. So we ended up um, uh, adding a, a junior college transfer, Christian Vaughn from uh, Junior College, uh, uh, F, uh, FBS uh, Power 5 transfer from Boston College, Cam Barfield. And then we picked up the uh, Satani Mikaele kid from Farrington High School here locally. Man, I, that sounds like you got the goods. I mean, you have some talented kids. I, I just think it's a matter of getting everybody productive now. No, 100%. And, uh, you know, I think the production is going to come. You know, I think, uh, you know, with uh, kind of the direction that we're going offensively and, and getting back to getting back to more of the roots of the shoot and, you know, really people understanding, and I kind of said this earlier, that the best years of the run and shoot have always been with the high production in the run game from the backfield. And if we can get that thing rocking and rolling, I think we'll get this thing where it needs to be. Well, I, I kind of feel like your guys are on the right track. Yeah, no doubt. I do too, man. How have the practices been going, Anthony? Uh, practices have been phenomenal in my eyes. It's, it's, it's very uh, very high competition. Um, you know, there's a, there's been a, a structure of it that is a little bit more um, fundamentally based. So we, we've given, given ourselves a lot of individual time to fine-tune um, each position's craft, and then start to collectively come together as full units. And you know, we get a, we get a lot of uh, good on good, eleven on eleven, which to me is is so vital and important because at the end of the day, these guys got to play a lot of football in order for them to build that continuity and for them to gel and mesh on both sides of the ball. I imagine the the challenge is going to be to get everybody playing time. Yeah, that's going to be one of the bigger challenges. I mean, I think. There's a lot of depth, um, especially in the skill position um, realm on offense uh, and, and defense as well. And so, you know, it's going to be tough. There's going to be some guys that probably um, would like to play a little bit more, you know, and what that does is that keeps them hungry and it keeps the guys that are actually on the field and, and getting that run, um, you know, keeps them on their P's and Q's to make sure that they, they stay at a high level of production. 
That is, uh, that's really something. How has the adjustment been coming back home to the living here again? And, you know, what does that, what's that feel like? Uh, the adjustment is, is kind of, uh, uh, still, still loading, you know, I'm, uh, getting my family up here. Um, we finally found a place. So they just got up here last week, my wife and my three kids, um, you know, and so right now we're kind of, we're kind of roughing it a little bit until, um, we actually move in next week and, you know, um, other than that, it's been great. I mean, you get the you get the ocean, you get to get in the water a little bit, you you get the the amazing weather, and then you know the best thing of all is just the people and all the aloha that you have when you get back to the island. I just think that's so phenomenal. It's coming full circle for you. Man, it has, it has, and uh, you know, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm feel extremely blessed to be in this situation, and you know, can't wait to to see what's next. Well, this is, uh, I think this is, you know, there's a lot of optimism, I think, with, with some of the coaches that have uh, come back home, Jeff Reinbold, Dan Morrison, I, I think those guys. And then you got a guy that's, uh, I think, uh, pretty premier in Dennis Thurman. So in terms of the guys who are here and now, uh, you got the crazy man uh, on special teams. That's going to be kind of fun. Uh, I, I, I think that this is... Uh, I think you guys could be, and maybe is it too optimistic to think a bowl might be in the offing here sometime down the road? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think so at all. I, I think uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think you know, with the with the staff that you know, Coach Timmy has assembled, um, with the trajectory that you know the program and the players are on. I think that's a more than reasonable assessment right there, and. You know, I think at the end of the day, that that has to be the mindset. I mean, if you're not striving and having the confidence that you guys are going to be at a particular level of play, then it's going to be really hard to attain that. And, you know, getting to a bowl game, you know, getting 10 wins, I mean, all those things are, are definitely attainable. And, you know, we're on the right track as far as where we're at in spring to get there. Now, you know, the, the tough part is consistency, discipline, and then the fortitude to continue this same process day in and day out all the way up until August and through the season. Well, this is, I mean, uh, you guys are veterans at a lot of positions. I think you have a pretty good receiver room, and the, as you mentioned, the running back room looks good. I think both lines have potential. If these guys all can come together, uh, this could be a pretty special group. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, once again, you uh, – you hit it right there, and it's it's uh, it's that coming together component. You know, I, I honestly believe, you know, the game of football is the ultimate team sport and the and the best sport in the world. And you know, the unique thing about it is it takes all eleven, uh, every single play, being on the same page, having that same mindset of doing it for the man next to me, um, that that gets you to where you want to be. It's just uh, so fabulous, Anthony. I'm glad to be able to talk with you. I wish you good luck all season long. And as your family gets into the, into your new digs, I, that'll start to feel that start'll really start to feel like home. No, no doubt. And uh, once we start to get a little bit more comfortable, you know, uh, you know, I'm excited to do some family things and you know start to reconnect with um, with some loved ones here, and uh, you know. Get ready for this upcoming season. Good stuff, Anthony. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Of course, of course. And just wanted to, uh, you know, give you guys a reminder, too, about uh, our spring game on February 25th. 
You know, there's going to be uh, 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 food trucks. It's going to be free admission. There's actually a baseball game at 1 o'clock earlier that day. So as many people that can come down there and support, it's, it's, it's family-friendly. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, hopefully we can get a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, behinds in those seats on Sunday. No doubt about it. I, I can't imagine not wanting to be there for that. Uh, you, get a, <laughs> you get the sneak preview. No doubt. That's going to be awesome. All right. Thank you, Anthony. All right, Bobby. Appreciate you, brother. And Anthony Arsenault, running backs coach, uh, freshly back to the islands and uh, jumping right into it. We are going to take a quick timeout. We'll be right back after this on ESPN Honolulu. Nineteen minutes past the hour. Glad you're along for the ride on this Aloha Friday edition. Well, today is opening day for the UH Rainbow Warrior baseball team. That uh, that's going to be a challenge because they got Ole Miss coming in. It was because a couple years ago they won the national championship. So I mean, this is a brand name college baseball team. Should be a fun way to find out where you're at. And they got a four game set, so they're going to go with a. Uh, uh, one Friday, two Saturday, and a single game on Sunday. So get down and catch this new edition of Rainbow Warrior Baseball. Should be really fun, I think. And uh, one thing about Rich Hill, he is, uh, he's like maybe the most enthusiastic guy I've ever heard uh, when he talks baseball. He gets into it big time. And so let's see if uh, his team can rise to that level of enthusiasm. If they do, they might be pretty good. They ended the season very well last year. So hopefully they can pick up where they left off. But it's not easy when you start with a team as good as this. So interesting stuff. Last night, both of the rainbow teams took care of their business, the baseball, uh, the basketball teams, rather. The women were home, uh, and that was, um, they really controlled that game against Cal Poly, uh, did a nice job there. And, and the men did a terrific job. So I kind of thought, well, you know what? You couldn't ask for a whole lot more. They both took care of business. The women are going to be a pretty high seed, I think. In the, I don't know if they're going to win the conference, but they're going to be in the top couple. And uh, the men are making a mad dash towards the top. They have won, I think, what, five of the last six? Is that right, Tanner? I think so. And that's, which is a real, because there were people that were predicting disaster for them. They thought, oh, Chaney, you know, fire the coach. There's all kinds of problems. Well, there was nothing that a, a little change in personnel and maybe a bigger change in attitude uh, didn't help. The, and the change in personnel was, prob was really driven by injury. I mean, they didn't have a choice. Javon McClanahan had a shoulder injury, still out. Um, I, I'm guessing that he might be ready on Saturday because you might need all hands on deck to beat Santa Barbara. For some reason, Santa Barbara gets beat pretty good by other people, but you see San Diego, who uh, who got beat by Hawaii this past week at their place, they go to Santa Barbara and whip them. I mean, it's this conference is hard to figure. But I guess we'll find out on Saturday, are the men up to that challenge? I'm kind of thinking they might be. 
I, you know, I'll be watching that game and because you can get it on ESPN+, and uh, that's what I'm doing. I, I enjoy watching Joe Pasternak's histrionics, uh, and that'll be fun to watch again on Saturday. And last night, I listened to the game. I was, in the, I was on the way in uh, to a dinner, and so I had it on. I listened to the first half in the car, and it was under control by then. And then I just checked on my phone, and it was getting more out of control with every passing minute, which was good. Good job by Josh, and uh, it was uh, fun to listen to. And I think when the team's doing well, I have always found this. It's, it's always more fun to, to listen when they're doing well. That's just how it is. And and they are playing well right now. And I think everybody's into it. The coaches are really active. The players are embracing this opportunity. Hopefully they can uh, do better than uh, one and done in the conference tournament. I don't see any reason why they couldn't. They they're They're sharing the ball tremendously right now and that's i think a huge key and uh what one you know is what you have five threes i mean he was all over it last night so that uh, he is an able replacement for javon mcclanahan they don't really i don't think they really have to rush him back if he's healthy great you'll love to have him but if he's not i mean why take a chance on making an injury like that worse. I'd probably be cautious with him a little bit. And since we've seen, how many seen have we seen uh, shoulder injuries around the conference? Um, I've seen a number of them already this year. It seems like that's a more prevalent. Guys are going to the basket harder. They're going down um, with more force. And uh, shoulder injuries happen. I just think that you have to be prepared for those. And, and the way Javon McClanahan plays, I'm surprised he hasn't suffered more of those because he goes hell for leather. There's no back off in him whatsoever, and I don't expect that to change. Uh, interesting stuff. 25 minutes past. If, uh, if you have something you want to jump in on, uh, it's, uh, I, think that these, I think both the women and the men have a chance to do some damage in the tournament the big west tournament in uh i think it's at the dollar isn't it a dollar loan arena again uh, i think so and i listen what the heck i think it's great i've had the privilege to call a couple of those tournaments when both teams won uh and that was that's great it was like dominance uh, for the university of hawaii and why not uh, laura beeman has it going on with her group and Aran Ganat and the staff have really come together here. And it took a long while. I think some people were doubtful that it was going to happen. But it, it certainly has. And the, there's certain guys. I mean, Juan Munoz, is, of course, we knew about. But I think the ones we really didn't know anything about were Ryan Rapp, who's a contributor, and, and Cody Williams, who was a walk-on. I mean, what he's doing is amazing. I think he may have earned a scholarship with his play. He's a tremendous athlete. Might be the best athlete on the whole darn team. If you have uh, something you want to chime in with, I, I love the fact that they're doing a baseball-football spring game doubleheader. That's, you know, baseball's for real, and, 
and in the spring, it's I don't know how how much it'll mimic a a, a real game because I think numbers are always an issue for Hawaii with that. But I think it'll be very entertaining and a good chance. I can't wait to see uh, the imp- new and improved Braden Shager and, uh, and Micah Alejado. I, I think those guys are going to be really fun to watch. And I, I think some people will look at I think Micah Alejado will give people the feeling like, hey, if he can do this, I can do this because he's a small guy. I mean, he'll be fun to watch when he gets his chance to play. And I think the other guys, the uh, uh, the Sangapolitelli boy is is a very good player. So is Jake Farrell. They they're going to be pretty pretty good in the quarterback room this year, I think. Let's do this. Why don't we take a timeout and then we'll come back with June Jones. We're going to survey the quarterbacks. Uh, coming out of college because there's some really good ones. Stay with us on the Bobby Curran Show, ESPN, Honolulu. Six thirty-one on an Aloha Friday edition of the program. We want to welcome former Hawaii coach. I go through the litany of his. Places he's been and accomplishments, and of course it involves NFL stints, and uh, most recently with the Sea Dragons, uh, the Seattle Sea Dragons. He had the best record with the Houston Roughnecks the year prior. June Jones is with us. Hey, June, how are you? Good morning, Bobby. The uh, you sound really chipper. You sound like you've been awake for hours. The uh, <laughs> I did wake up early. <laughs> let, let me get to this thing because I I'm finding that the feeling of ha- that you need a quarterback to win at a high level in the NFL I think is more cemented now than it has been. I mean I'm hearing seeing guys that have had pretty good years, say disrupted maybe by injury, and they're like. T- People want to get rid of Daniel Jones with the Giants. He had an ACL, but he was playing pretty well prior to that, I thought. And it's interesting because I follow them fairly closely. It's ironic that, uh, you know, they draft the guy, the number six overall pick, and now they want to get rid of him. What's your thought on him, for example, to start with? Well, I'm I'm a Daniel Jones fan. I think uh, I liked him coming out. I thought that... uh, like agree with you, he was playing pretty dang well this year until he got hurt. But I, but I, I, I just think it takes a quarterback sometimes, you know, three to five years to really, really get into where they need to go. Um, and and I kind of feel the same way about Mac Jones. They're talking about you know him leaving in New England. They're going to ship him out. But you know he had, I want to say in his three seasons up there, he's had like six different coaches and offenses and, you know, and he had uh, a time when he was really playing pretty good. Um, And then it kind of fell apart. Uh, But the whole Patriot deal did. You know, I I just think they're talking now about Justin Fields. Should Chicago trade him and then maybe get one of these top guys like, uh, you know, Caleb Williams or uh, Jaden Daniels? I mean, I, I know that, that that maybe Drake may even. I, what's your thought about those guys vis-a-vis Justin Fields? Well, Justin Fields, to me, really started to play pretty well uh, for the 
for the Bears. In fact, he was their entire offense. Uh, um, he didn't have much help. And I, I kind of think that they should just hang with him and, and let him go. But at the same time, I'm not against why would you not draft. You can never have too many quarterbacks. Why, why would you not draft another kid in this draft? And, and you know, the, the salary cap, they don't have to deal with right away. The rookie salary cap is not going to, you know, uh, kill them. So, you know, to me, they should uh, get another guy, be competitive with Justin, and play the best guy. Makes it make I makes sense to me. I, I don't know if they're going to do that. I think there's a feeling that because you took Justin Fields, you got him uh, with a fairly high pick. That do you want to have that much capital invested in quarterbacks? Well, um, you can't win without one. That's so, for sure. You know, they they got to have one, and you know I I think they have. Don't they have another top ten pick as well? So they can get a, a somebody to help them both, uh, a receiver. I really like that tight end from Georgia. Uh, Bowers? Um, he, yeah. yeah, he's a, he's a good player. Uh, it looks like he'll be the first tie, tight end taken, and he's very high, seemingly, on almost everybody's list. Yeah, well, if you grade him on film or if you watch him, he does it all. Brock Bowers, 6'4", 235 pounds. I kind of like the tight ends that are more that size because they seem to be better receivers and they run better. I mean, it just I mean, when you get the guy that's two fifty-five, I mean, you know, you he doesn't mean he won't be a good player, but he's not going to be that that kind of electric guy. No, uh, what does Kelsey weigh? Uh, I, I think about the same two thirty-five, two forty. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, you know, those are the kind of guys that are the most productive players. No and question. the way they, the way they use them now, uh, you know, with the the field being spread so much, they're like wide receivers, except they can hold the point uh, and cer- on certain run stuff, which which makes uh, makes them a, a, a little different than a wide receiver being in there. Yeah, a valuable commodity, obviously, and uh, some teams seem to have traditionally used tight ends better and more than others. Yeah, definitely. In fact, uh, uh, I thought the uh, New York Giant coach did a great job in Buffalo, uh, kind of spreading it with four wides, five wides, three wides, and a tight end. And uh, I, I think there are coaches that know how to use them way more, like Andy Reid. Well, that's you know there was a little thing they got into it a little bit. Did you notice that Travis Kelsey and Andy <laughs> Reid? That was. Uh, you know, Andy Reid didn't seem to get too, uh, I guess the experience, he didn't seem to get too wigged out about it. No, he didn't. Uh, but I, I I thought it should have been addressed uh, certainly uh, differently than what they addressed it. Yeah. Well, and I'm not, you know, he was apologetic later, so it's, maybe that's all worked out, heat of the moment and all that. But, I mean, it's, it's a limit to how much disorder you can have. <laughs> yeah, there sure is, and uh, that was uh, something that you don't see ever. Yeah, no, that was. That, I I think you didn't you experience a little bit of that with I want to say one of those nitwit quarterbacks. I, yeah, he got it, Jeff George, and and uh, I got rid of him the next day. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's certain things you just can't have if you're going to be no. moving forward as a group. Uh, I, right. I think Travis Kelsey's going to get a little bit of a. Uh, I, I think other guys might have been shipped out, but he's going to get a little bit of a break. I think. No, no, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and you know he earned his uh, his uh, uh, right to have that fire in him, and Andy Reid obviously knows him pretty well. Let me, let me ask you about the uh, – yeah, because I didn't think Kansas City was playing at a Super Bowl level for much of that season. But it seems that when it really matters, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, I mean, that that group seems to sort of step up when it matters. Well, <clears throat> their defense uh, was different this year. Uh, I want to – uh, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I know Tanner, somebody has the stats, but I want to say I read where I think Kansas City only gave up like 18 points in the fourth quarter all year. Uh, you know that's pretty incredible stat, and and so they, you know, they won a lot of games in late late because they have an offense that plays pretty dang well and got a great quarterback. But the defense was the difference to me this year for them. And probably won, won it for him, basically. They got, I mean, I think not only Chris Jones, but Legereus Sneed is a great player. They, they've got a number of difference makers on defense. Yeah, they do. And, and uh, Spagnola did a great job with the scheme, uh, being aggressive uh, more so than, than a lot of teams in the league. And uh, uh, they, they, they reflected, the whole team reflected his personality. What do you, I want to get to this. How do you think Harbaugh is going to do in the uh, in, in the NFL? Back in the NFL, I should say. I think he'll do well. Um, you know, I I think that you know he knows uh, uh, how to put a team together. Everywhere he's been, from the University of San Diego to Stanford to San Francisco to Michigan, he, he has the team concepts and the ability to put together all those uh, intangible things in the locker room. And, uh, and he has something about him that does that. You know, the he's sort of an odd duck, isn't he, though? I mean, holding, for example, going to rec- sleepovers at recruits' houses. I mean, the, the, he's a little little different than the average coach. Yeah, he is. Well, you, if you remember him back playing quarterback, he was that way, too. You know, he wasn't uh, your normal in that day and age, uh, uh, type quarterback uh, that that you thought would win, and he certainly did win. Oh, no question about that. So I thought it was I thought it was a slam dunk that he when he if he went to the NFL it would be the Chargers. I, I thought that's the place to go because I think they have the best of all those open jobs, best roster. Yeah, best roster and. You don't want to line up without a QB, and I like their QB, uh, the kid from Oregon, uh, and and Harbaugh. You know, like I said, he 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 he's not going to take a job and not have a QB. Yeah, he he was raving about Justin Herbert. He he loves the guy. So uh, yeah, I thought. Do you? How do you think that? What do you, do you think of that Michigan quarterback, JJ McCarthy? Well. I think he's the best in the draft, personally. Really? Uh, yeah, I like him the best. Uh, I don't think he's rated that high, 
but watching him and grading him, I think he can make every throw, and I think he has more, way more upside. I mean, all the other guys, I think what you see is what you're going to get. Where I think McCarthy uh, is an old-school, accurate passer and quarterback. Uh, he's a leader. He does all those things, but I, I like him the best. Of the uh, of the some of the other guys that are lauded highly, Michael Penix, the transfer uh, that went to Washington from was uh, from uh, Indiana, and then uh, Bo Nix, who came to Oregon from from Auburn. What, what do you think of those guys? Are those guys going to make it in the NFL? Um, they're going to get drafted certainly to make it, and they're going to have to prove it to me. Uh, I think Penix has a real shot because uh, he's so accurate with the ball and uh, can make every every throw. Bo Nix, I think, is a product of the Oregon system. Um, and I don't know why he would leave. You know, Auburn kind of got off of him after they – I think he started for two years there. He did. And, uh, yeah. and so, you know, why would they – not do everything in the world to try to keep the guy, you know. Uh, that tells you something to me. Uh, but just watching him play at Oregon, uh, I think that system, you know, that RPO stuff, uh, you know, he he was real good and, and paid attention to detail to be a very productive guy. Um, I think the, the you know, it's going to be interesting on, on a couple of these guys. I like Jaden Daniels a lot. Um, to the LSU kid, uh, and I'm mean just like like even like this guy McCarthy, for example. I, he's more of a pocket guy, uh, but he can run four six. Yeah, I mean all these guys can run. I mean Jane Daniels runs four five. Uh, Crazy. You know, yeah, Drake May runs four six. Caleb Williams four five something. I mean these guys not only can move, uh, you know, around, but they can run. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they get evaluated. But I, I think that Jaden Daniels is really, really accurate. And I, I, I just like him the best of over Caleb and, and Drake May. Well, that's a, that's an interesting deal because a lot of people are talking about how much they love Caleb Miller, that he'll be the number one guy. But I think even if you look at the stats, Jaden Daniels is impressive. He's really accurate with the football. Yes, he is. And and he did it at, a, at really SEC, is, to be quite honest, almost an NFL level, you know, or, or, or down the line NFL level now. And he did it against all those teams, you know, too, which is – very, very impressive. <laughs> All right, you got a you got a preseason pick for next year. Who do you think's going to be the elite in the college ranks? Well, you know, I I I kind of haven't, to be quite honest, evaluated all of them. I think Texas is going to be because of Sarkeesian is going to be you know consistent, not no not changing. And they got a pretty good uh, quarterback. I think that 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 they're going to be uh, really solid again. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Alabama shows up with. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of like the Washington coach, but at the same time, he's not one of them. And when you're not when you're not from Alabama, you don't have Alabama ties. They don't cut you much slack. And uh, you know, he he don't have to do it.
right off the bat. And so we'll see about, about that. But I, I think, uh, I think Clemson will take a step up, you know, uh, our boy there, uh, uh, has had kind of an off season, you know, that, that wasn't typical of what he's put on the, on the field. And so I think he'll, they'll turn it up again this year. Well, that, that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens when some of these teams, Oklahoma, for example, when they go into the, uh, when they go into the SEC, that's going to be a slightly different deal, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it definitely is. And and all those Pac-12 teams that went to the Big Ten, too, go, traveling all that far from the West to go play, uh, uh, you know, four or five-hour trips, uh, that's going to be interesting. And against good football teams, too. And in the cold, no less. Yeah. Which they yeah, don't exactly. see much of. If, if you're at SC, you're not seeing a lot of that. Yep. No question. Exactly. The the uh, I think one of the interesting things will be, you know, how uh, Dylan Gabriel performs at Oregon. I think he's. I think he might tear that up. Well, he he may be a better uh, system quarterback than Bo Nix, and Bo Nix uh, certainly uh, had pretty Oregon good. At, yeah. yeah, at a top level. The thing that I'm going to find kind of interesting with the with the uh, Caleb Williams. Um, I find it interesting at Kingsbury, uh, you know, they're talking about maybe they're going to be able to finagle and get uh, Caleb Williams up there. And I, I don't know if you, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a real Kingsbury fan. Uh, um, you know, he had the top quarterback uh, in all of football at Texas Tech and he won five games. And then he goes, you know, somehow gets a job at Arizona he gets handpicked the top quarterback in the whole thing again, and he didn't really prove that he could, you know, take him to a higher level. And then, to be quite honest, uh, last year at USC, I th- thought Caleb was better the year before, and uh, uh, he didn't really help Caleb. So, you know, I I think he's somehow gotten, you know, uh, uh, stars in his cap without really proving that he. You know, he's a great uh, whisperer, and and that's what everybody's certainly rating him as. No question. I I think that I also find that interesting. Some some guys seem to have that. Uh, they're blessed almost. They just yeah, keep yeah. they keep getting into great situations without discernibly earning it. Well, we have a we have a saying for that, Bobby. I won't give it to you. Full, but they 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 have a golden horseshoe. There you go. <laughs> I got you. There you are. Hey, June. Thanks. Thanks so much for sharing some stuff with us today. We'll talk with you again soon. All right, Bobby. Have a great one. June Jones, uh, former UH coach, and of course been in several NFL spots, and you name it, he's been in the leagues. It's we're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Welcome back on this Aloha Friday edition of the program. Enjoy both of our guests today, Anthony Arsenault and the former Hawaii football coach June Jones. We are going to be talking a lot of NFL draft coming up. It does seem like people are making big decisions on quarterbacks. It's funny to me, in the New York markets, they seem to be campaigning 
to get rid of Daniel Jones, despite the fact that he played pretty well until he got hurt last year. I, I don't really get that. But for some reason, he's been a tough he's been a tough sell in New York City. Some people believe the $40 million a year is, is way too much money for him. I, look, that's the going rate for quarterbacks. If you're a starting quarterback in a big market, you know, look, they're going to pay Dak Prescott $59 million. I, I just think that I think that's more ridiculous than forty million for Daniel Jones, and that's my opinion, of course. All right, just want to remind everybody we got a lot going on this weekend. Don't forget that on Saturday at the Stan Sheriff Center, they'll be trying to set that record for Rainbow Wahine basketball, and I think they might do it. Uh, you want to get down there, get a ticket. Uh, should be a lot of fun. You got baseball all weekend long. That starts tonight, and it's two to let's play two, as Billy Williams used to say. Uh, they'll do that tomorrow, and then on single game on Sunday. So lots and lots of stuff coming up to, for your viewing pleasure. We don't have a lot of time left here. You let me know uh, how much we got, Tanner. I appreciate that. Okay, we got about a minute, and almost time to take a call, but you'd have to really be quick on the button. And uh, But I'm excited about Saturday's men's game at Santa Barbara, another opportunity. They're playing so well. You just I don't want to say I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because I'm really not. But I would I just know historically they've had problems with UCSB. Now I'm hoping that that does not happen on Saturday. So the fact that they lost at UCSD uh, over the weekend and Hawaii handled them, uh, so I'm thinking mm, at UCSD. So I'm thinking, well, that might be a good sign. That could be. Who knows? And then, and the fact that Hawaii beat, I mean, they didn't just beat UC Davis. They beat them by, what, 1787 to 70? That was a pretty good butt whipping. I think there's no other way around it. That is about going to, we're going to wrap this up soon. A reminder, you got the sports animals with Chris and Gary uh, coming up. And uh, thanks to Tanner Hayworth for his good work this morning. Uh, for all of us at ESPN Honolulu, I'm Bobby Curran. Aloha.